Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi. Hi, we're back for part two of Scott's Blabathon. <laughs> awesome. This is The Movies That Made Me, with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. I am stuck on this one block of time. I'll I'll back up to my beloved Marx Brothers, who were a giant deal to me growing up. Um... I became completely obsessed with Groucho uh, after seeing the Marx Brothers. Um, I don't know why. My, my parents took me a double feature of The Big Store and Night Castle Blanco, which is a weird way to meet the Marx Brothers. Uh, the Big Store being their... Yeah, not Generally their, considered their worst picture. God-awful end, end of the run picture. Um, but I, I, I love them, and starting elementary school, I would run around wearing a Groucho mustache, and my mom made me a... A felt uh, a top coat to, to whatever yeah, you those. could buy those in the joke store. You could buy those glasses with the big nose on the mustache. No, I did. I, I did the. I did the, the grease paint. I did it correctly. I did. I did Harpo. I was always Harpo. Were you? Yeah. And and uh, uh, you know, again, growing up in L.A., there were a lot of revival houses and Marx Mania. You know, 1972, 73. Yeah, that was a big uh, period for the. I could go see. Every Marx film in a theater with with a buddy when I was ten or eleven, we you know get on the get on the bus and take the bus into Hollywood, and we could I I saw every by the time I was in junior high I'd seen every Marx film in a theater, wow, which is so cool. I'm, I'm with yeah no we I guess because there there was a whole because they played in Philadelphia all the time too. Oh no, so, there was a, there, there, there was the, the Marxes, uh, W. C. Fields, and uh, Humphrey Bogart. That was the the period when all of those things were being but, rediscovered. It wasn't an but animal what, crackers got. Okay, well, I I have an animal crackers story, uh, which I um, people who know me are like so sick of the story, but it it, it is the world. Now a whole new audience. It is the world's best story. For any of you who've heard this story, you can just fast forward. But it's 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 so good. You can't it's, fast forward on a podcast. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Oh, can't you just you keep? Can. No, you can keep hitting fifteen that fifteen second wheel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Blip, 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 yeah. Blip. So, all right, we're talking about musicals. Blah, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 I was just this Groucho fanatic, um, and it, it got announced that the they had they made thirteen movies, and one of the thirteenth, one of thirteen Animal Crackers had had been in legal limbo for forty years. That was yeah, right. And there were there were rights issues with uh, Murray Riskin and Kaufman and Calmer and Ruby and I and I don't know why they couldn't resolve it for forty years. And then finally a bunch of UCLA students uh, formed a coalition as if as if animal crackers were a prisoner. <laughs> like like uh, to be liberated. Yes. And like some CIA, you know, black ops Thing. Free the animal crackers, and they got Groucho to show up at UCLA, and it was a it was a big deal, and the press covered it, and Universal got shamed into <laughs> getting their shit together, and so Universal cleaned up the rights, uh, struck a new print, and then said, "All right, we're going to run it. We'll run the one print in Westwood, whatever as a tri- as a trial balloon." Groucho lives nearby. He can show up, whatever. Just so these college kids stop having rallies saying Universal's <laughs> a horrible company. <laughs> and so I saw the ad in the paper, and it, it, but and it was a big premiere. And Groucho Marx is going to be there. And I said to my parents, "We, we have to go." And but it was it was a, it was a showbiz premiere. And my dad was a stockbroker. You know, we weren't a showbiz family. And he he says, "I don't know how to get I don't know how to get tickets to this." And uh, I, I said, well, can we go anyway? So 
And, and my parents go, well, we can go, but you're not going to get in. I, I said, that's fine. I just want to see Groucho in person. I want to see my Groucho. He's my hero. And I was tiny. I was, I was, I was t uh, 10 years old and a Jew. So I was really small. Uh, and then just as we're getting ready to leave, my, my sister says, can I go too? And I go, no, this is not, no, you don't, you don't even know who the, you don't know who the Marx Brothers are. You don't even care. You, you don't know, you don't know their mother's name, Minnie, and their dad's name, French. You don't know any, you don't care about any of this. And she's like, well, I want to go. Why do I have to stay home? I don't want to be with the babysitter. So, so Kara went too. So we, we show up at this event. It, it was at the, uh, the old UA theater on Lindbrook in Westwood. And it was, it was madness. It was Day of the Locust. It was eight zillion college kids, all dressed up as graduate, all wearing Captain Spaulding hats. And, and, <laughs> and someone had brought a truckload of, of the little boxes of animal crackers. And everyone's throwing them at each other. And everyone's singing, hooray for Captain Spaulding. And it's just mob hysteria. And my sister and I, we are so tiny. And so my mom, my mom drives us there and my dad drove from work. So he was in a suit, which is part of the story. And so he, we, we found him and, and my parents are sort of like clutching the two kids. Like we're going to get just trampled. So, uh, people started screaming, he's here, he's here. And a couple of limousines pull up and it's all, it's old Groucho and Groucho, he was, you know, he's 80, I think 84 at the time. He's an old man. And he gets out and the crowd is, is rushing the car. And Groucho probably said, get me the fuck out of here. You know, <laughs> he turned to Aaron Fleming and Bud Corton, you know, this get me into the belly. I don't want to, I don't want to get smushed. So they just rush him past the mob. And, and my parents are saying, can you see him? Can you see him? I go, no, I can't. I can't. And my dad like lifts me on his shoulders. Now can you see him? I go, no, I can't. I, where is it? Where, where? And then he's gone <laughs> and he's inside the theater. And I go, where is he? And my mom says, Scotty, he's inside. And I just break into tears. Oh, this is the most horrible thing that has ever happened in my life. Why any child should have to suffer this kind of pain. It was, it was my opportunity. I missed it. And I'm lying on the floor just sobbing. So my dad says, okay, we're going to do something. And you two have to shut up. And my sister says, what do you mean? He says, what did I just say? <laughs> just shut up. He grabs my sister with one hand. He grabs me with the other hand and we just start marching and he's in a suit because he came from work. So he looks like an adult and he steps onto the red carpet. We're like, but you can't, he's quiet. And we marched down the red carpet and you got, and keep in mind, most of the mob were college kids. So he did, he looked like a, a real authority figure and he walks right up to the door. And my sister and I were going, what's he doing? What's he doing? I don't understand this. This is, this is crazy. We're going to get in trouble. Ah. And my, and my dad just looks down the list and he sees, he sees a, f a party of Anderson, party of four on a, on a clipboard. He says, Anderson, party of four. And my sister starts to say, but daddy, that's not our name. And he like slams his hand over her mouth. <laughs> and the check and the clipboard girl says, all right, welcome. Come on in. And we walk in and they hand us the programs. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? How is this happening? And I went to the premiere of Animal Crackers. And uh, I, uh, I went up to, I saw Victor, Victor Herman, the director who was 8 million years old. And I went and got his autograph and I still have my autographed Animal Crackers program. And then Grouch went on stage and he did about a 20 minute set. And he told all the war stories and I was there. And it was wow. the best night of my life. What a poignant story. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere. The Anderson family, <laughs> to this day, is still bitter. <laughs> They're going to hear this podcast. Yes, <laughs> they're going to come to your door. Wow, my my, that's I love that. Jesus, isn't that great? Yeah, I, mean, I, I have a much shorter What's yours? cracker story. Which going to see it in theaters when because when when you know same time around the same time, and and that night um, being in so much pain, my mother took me to the emergency room where they thought I was, I might need an appendectomy and they're checking me out and they're like, no, no, but he's, he's okay. And the doctor says, were you laughing a lot tonight? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually get hurt. You can actually get hurt from laughing too hard. Yes. 
I wow. had ruptured something or just you know bruised myself. That, that is amazing because the, the first time I went, I went to summer camp in Woodstock, New York, and they had an art theater and they ran a double bill of day at the races and mm. night at the opera. Oh, that, that actually and, will kill you. With a full audience. And, and these yeah. movies, you know, were made to be seen with audiences. Yeah. You see them on TV, there's big pauses where the right. laughs were supposed to go. So the, they, they don't work as well on TV, but on, on, yeah. in a theater, they are, they're, they're finely honed. And uh, Night of the Opera, which was the funniest movie I had ever seen, right. was people were leaving because of the same thing that you <laughs> just said. Such, they such were pain. gasping. I saw a man gasping for air <laughs> and, and his wife taking him out and making sure that he could breathe because they, the movie was so goddamn funny. I, I remember some movies where I've had to avert my eyes. Where I've actually had to cover my face <laughs> because I, I'm you laughing too wanna... hard. And it's hurting my tummy. That's so funny. I wonder what, when's the last time that happened? When's the last time you had that experience? I can't remember the last time. I mean, it's probably got something to do with age. Probably, but you're saying grown. I was, I was, I don't know, the 14. So yeah. I mean, I, I, the Universal remastered them a couple of years ago. And uh, it, it happened to be running at the Aero Theater in Santa Monica the same weekend of my birthday. And so I, I just said to my family, they ran those plus three others. So I said, I'm, it was double features four nights in a row. I said, this is how I'm spending my birthday week. And uh, what's crazy is, is, you know, with all the technology that these people have these days, you know, you can only make a movie from 1929, 1930, look so good. But because Animal Crackers was in a vault for 40 years and they weren't constantly <laughs> pulling it out to strike new prints, that looks the best, which is really crazy because it makes no sense. It shouldn't look as good as the ones that come a few years later. And you had the books too, right? The Richard Annabelle. Oh, I'd, I'd, I, I mean, the Groucho Harpo check on sometimes Zeppo, Joe yeah. Adamson's work of genius. Yeah. Which is probably my favorite film book. And you watched, mm -hmm. you watched your bet your, uh, you bet your life, I presume. I did. I, I would stay up. I think it was on 11 o'clock on channel five. They re-ran re that for so many years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, and you could still say it's on YouTube now. I mean, it, it, it was, it was almost dangerously addictive because it was on, you know, school nights, five nights a week. And it was really too, too late to be staying up every night yeah. when you're a kid, but I, I just couldn't get enough Groucho. Yeah. Uh, God, how do you top that? How do I top that? You I can't, can't. I can't, can't top that. But no, I was. Remember the the, the guy was Richard Annabelle, right? Was the, name? Mm -hmm. the guy who did those yes. frame by frame breakdowns? Actually, Andy of, Marks says it's pronounced a nobile. Oh, okay. But okay, is it really? But yeah, it was why a duck was the first one, and then he and then he did and then, uh, then he's Marks Brothers scrapbook. And that's right, the, yeah, the infamous Marks Brothers scrapbook, where the family later claimed that Groucher didn't know he was being recorded, uh, and he did a lot of swearing. Uh, and people got very upset hearing their hero Damn. call that guy a fucker. <laughs> uh, usually with my albums of that stuff. Remember the, the outtake records you would get of like, all your favorite celebrities saying naughty words. Well, the, you know, there were outtake records that were fake too when I was a kid. The oh, really? Oh, they they were, the Kermit, Kermit Schaefer. The Kermit Schaefer fake ones. They were all, they were all, they, they, were they, fake? They, they may have been really things that people said at some time, but he didn't have the rights to any of it. So he would just reenact it. Which and is so was, stupid. This is my childhood you're destroying. Oh, no. I thought they Kermit, were real. Kermit Schaefer was a lead fraud. <laughs> uh, like, what's the one with, with the kitty show host? Uncle oh, Don. Uncle Don. Good night, little friends. Good night. I'll tune in again tomorrow at the same time when I'll be back with all my little friends. We're off? I guess that'll hold a little but it's a, it's it's an actor. It's an actor. Yeah. It's not the actual recording. I don't know if the actual it's an actor playing exists. Uncle Don. I don't know if the actual recording exists. God damn it! But they even referenced that. I was so in face smug of, in about face the fact the that crowd, I had these recordings. <laughs> and then Kermit Schaefer had a, had the gall to make a movie. There's a bloopers movie. Which is also funny. Which is all fake. <laughs> fake outtakes. God damn it! It's like Faces of Death all over again. I'm so disappointed. Yeah. I'm sad now. <laughs> like, like who did who did that? Oh, I guess Will Ferrell did that. The, like the fake outtakes. Did he do? I, didn't he do that in, uh, in one of his movies? Like Anchorman oh, or yeah, something. Oh yeah, they did. They did fake outtakes which in is, one of those, which yes. is genius. <laughs> and then in the middle of the fake outtakes, he intercut Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise cracking up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like funny movies. <laughs> All right, here. Okay, here's an, here's another great funny movie. Which I this is this is the other one I did homework 
for by accident, which I, I showed my family uh, a few weeks ago, which is the Out of Towners. Is that a beautiful city or is that a beautiful city? Oh, that's a beautiful city. George, they can't find the bag. They lost our luggage. Jack Lemon and Sandy Dennis are the out-of-towners in Neil Simon's outrageous comedy about New York City. Hold it. Huh? What's wrong? Put your hands up. Oh, my God! Don't that wall. Don't make a sound. God damn, does this movie hold up. Josh, you're making a that sad movie face. That was, was when it was new. That movie was roundly criticized as mean-spirited. Good. <laughs> well, what's what's amazing is the movie feels very edgy, uh, and it's rated G. Well, yeah, it's, but it's it was, rated, it was, but you everything you, was rated G. But you feel like you're watching a movie that's really nasty, and Jack Lemmon is in such a foul mood the whole movie. And Sandy Dennis, okay, Josh doesn't like this movie. No, no, I just I'm I'm, I'm fascinated to hear you say it because I've 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 never heard someone express their love for it. And, oh my and I, god, is it funny? Obviously, we have very similar taste in some of the stuff, and I have true respect for you. And, and and it's also Arthur Hiller. I just and it's Neil Simon. So Neil Simon. Annoying. They're so they're, annoying. They're, they're, I want this shit to happen to them. There like, are a stop lot of people whining. who are uh, get mugged. You have it coming. You whiny bastard. You miserable. A lot of people don't get the, that picture. And it's because, as he says, that the, the people are so unsympathetic. But they're nice Midwestern people. They're horrible. For the first five minutes. <laughs> they're just horrible. They complain. They whine. They just, oh. Oh, and, it's and, so good. And she's so good at being that character that I just, uh, Well, folks, you're going to have to go out and see the Outer Tanners and see what you think. But I, I don't mean to, to rain on your... Oh, I, I can't I, rain on your parade. You I, love this one, but talk, I, I, talk I, about it. Movie, I mean, the, the movie is just about a nice Midwestern couple, and he, he gets a big job in New York City, and they're going in for the final interview, and they're very nervous about moving to the... This is New York in the 70s. To the big city where nobody's nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but this is this is the, the, the New York of our childhoods where don't go out after dark. Right. New York. And everything. Not, this is not the world of Henry Orient, New York. No, no this is no. This is the Charles Bronson. New York. <laughs> yes, this is Charles. Yes, this is Charles Bronson, New York. By the way, starring. Everyone guy wants to a, shoot you or rape you. You know, Jack Lemmon was originally supposed to be the star of Death Wish. Do you know this? And it would have been a much better movie. I would have. Yeah, it was going to be a black and white. Who was it? Was it Lumet? Sydney Lumet. Lumet was going to direct it. It was going to be Jack Lemmon. That's a yeah. Because I'm not a fan of the Bronson one. Well, no, because Bronson or. Already has a gun because he's Charles Bronson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was born with it. Yes. <laughs> architect. Get the fuck out of here. He's not an architect. <laughs> oh, my God. What is it? He's like, he's building a mall in Arizona or well, something? I don't know. It's like, he should just put a doctor of philosophy as long as I'm going to be ridiculous. That's so dumb. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. a poet. Easy to, easy to dump on Michael Winter. Everybody does. <laughs> oh, why not? So you're not going to stick up for out-of-towners at all? I, I'm not crazy about that. Oh, God. It's so... It's all, It's also... It's. A, I mean, when Arthur Hiller knew how to shoot comedy, and it, it's got... Oh, this this scene uh, where they, they, they're, they're broke, and they've been, they've been robbed, and they sleep in, in Central Park, and then they wake up, and then... Jack Lemon finds no no Sandy Dennis finds a bag of Cracker Jack like a half eaten bag of Cracker Jack and she's so happy it's like they're hungry and they haven't eaten for a day and then a dog comes along and grabs it and they're chasing the dog and somehow Jack Lemon after the dog ends up in a bush with a little Latino boy or something <laughs> and a cop on horseback comes over and it looks like Levin is molesting the boy. <laughs> Again, this is a G-rated movie. In and the 70s. In though, the 70s. Right? And, the, and the cop on horseback starts chasing Jack Levin. And it goes handheld. And the, the music is, I, I don't remember who did the score. Is it Quincy Jones? I can't remember who it is. But the music just goes crazy and a lot of like pounding drums. And it's handheld. Jack Levin running for his life while a cop on a horse is trying to catch him and throw him in jail for, for molesting a little child. See, now when this you is say it, this it's is, charming. This is entertainment. <laughs> oh, God, is that a funny movie? All right. I, I am. No, Coogan's I'm, Bluff, though. Uh, <laughs> what, what, are you looking, what are you looking up? What are you trying Quincy to Jones. debunk? 
Was it Quincy no, Jones? No, I'm trying to help my guest oh, here. Oh, is it Quincy uh, Jones? It's Quincy Jones. It yeah. is Quincy Jones. Yeah. See, you should always go with your first instinct. <laughs> just that, that he made that sound great. I'm laughing hearing that, oh. and I'm just thinking about the movie. And I think by the time we get to that scene, I'm I'm just so ready for that cop to pull his gun out and just shoot Jack Lemmon in the back of the fucking head. It's and every his, and every time he pulls out his little his little Grammy slip of paper and that saying, hey, "Give me your name. Give me give me your name." I'm. I, I I I I know who you are. I know, I know who I know who, who's your boss. Who, who who's your manager? Yeah, that's a that's a, oh. that's, a that's an asshole move. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's also one of those movies where I can remember it being a family favorite when I was a kid. And it's like we have like certain memories of of movies we saw with our parents. I can always remember my mom doing her Sandy Dennis. Oh my God. You know, and so this was like a thing in our house when I was a kid. And so that, that's also, you can't beat that. No, you can't beat that. It's part of my affection for it. Did you like the remake? Uh, I did not see it. No, John Cleese. John Cleese. Wasn't it Steve Martin? No, it was John Cleese, wasn't it? No, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. I feel like, I feel like, okay. Yeah, no, John Cleese is in it. Who's he play? Cop, uh, cop but you're right. Respect. You are correct. I just remembered him being. Yeah, no, it's uh, Steve Martin, Goldie Hawn, but for some reason, John. Cleese I, I mean, nobody it. else ha- has a real part to play. Yeah, I don't know. Mr. Mersault. is there a? Uh, um, I can't imagine. Well, it's probably not a slavish remake. It's probably they probably came up with new. But situations. I mean, the gimmick of the movie: every five minutes, they're running into a new bad person. I have no idea. No, I don't know. I does, he works at the hotel. I feel like I remember that he's the hotel. So I don't know. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll just go to a couple easy ones that we don't even have to discuss. This is just because uh, you know I, I I need to pay tribute to to Mel Brooks. You know my pal, which is which, which is a nice thing. Uh, you know we all love Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. I don't I don't know what there is to say. I don't know how much there is to discuss here because it's just a given. Yeah. They're 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 fantastic movies and we all yeah. love them. Yeah. They all meant a lot to us. Yeah. Sorry, Mel. I just I don't I don't know. It's just too obvious. I can just no. I think I think it. one of the parts one of the appeals of uh, Mel's movies is that he really loves movies and that uh, you know when he when he made Young Frankenstein, uh, it's it's very accurate in its art direction. I mean there are, sure. there are whole tableaus from Doc, from Frankenstein meets the Wolfman that he's completely copied. Uh, you know, slavishly, because because he he really loves those movies, and 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 that really comes through. Yeah, he actually had a lot of the original set deck. Yeah, well, yeah, Ken Strickfat, Ken Strickfat and stuff is so uh, it's it's been it's in so many movies. I mean, it's not that hard to find. And I and I I, I love that uh, Larry and I have something in common with Mel, which is so crazy, which is we had the exact same thing happen to each of us twenty years apart, which is Young Frankenstein went into turnaround at Columbia. And Ed Wood went in to turn around at Columbia because they're both going to be in black and white. Uh, and so both films jump studios at the last second. Huh. Yeah. Have they colorized Young Frankenstein yet? They will. No, they wouldn't dare. I don't know. They wouldn't uh, dare. Do you know Alan Spencer? I feel like you know Alan Spencer. I've met him. I don't, but I'm not friends with him. Uh, Alan Spencer's the guy. He created Sledgehammer when he was yeah. you know, 13. But it's one do, of our you know trailers his, from Hell Gurus. That's right. Yeah, he. But you know his story of how he broke into show business by he was a huge, huge Marty Feldman fanatic, and you know he was still listening is, to actually. He would, yeah he would listen to tapes. <laughs> still is. Of, of Can his you prove it? Oh, he, absolutely. He does, yeah, he does commentaries on on Marty's pictures. He, oh my god! He snuck into the studio. He knew they were doing uh, Young Frankenstein. He snuck into the studio and would watch them film like every day. What? And, and Marty Feldman noticed him finally, and I think twigged to the fact that he wasn't supposed to be there but was so taken by and they became the best of friends um brought him in started inviting him into the studio and and that was sort of his his introduction to show business was breaking into the studio but i think a lot. The, i think the part that people really would like to know is how did he get in uh well i think it was easier then to, how did he get know. under the fox lot how did he I do have, it i have no idea i mean he was 13 something like that now yeah. all you have to do is say you work for no Disney. he was 13 when he created sledgehammer right he was oh so he was <laughs> no, nine he was like when he snuck on now all you have to do is work for disney that was a joke he stepped on my joke oh, he, oh, oh sorry, never mind uh, you can cut it out no i'll just I'll, I'll drop my levels when i'm editing this and i'll i'll hear it there <laughs> what did joe say yeah uh <laughs> i mean i i i've i've seen both Young Franks and, and Blazing Saddles in theaters in the last couple of years and 
they just they still they kill from yeah. start to finish. They're wonderful movies. There's nothing else to say. They're just they're just perfect. Okay, uh, Woody Allen. Uh, I mean, uh, it was on TV the other day. It was Zelig. How's it? How is it? It's it's a it's an amazing movie. It, it's 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 a technical achievement that is so. It's Gordon Willis trying to make footage look like like old footage. You know, so there's real old footage, and then there's new old footage, which they've inserted Woody Allen into, like yeah. with Hitler. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just technically a marvel. You know, in, in terms of the joke, it's it's really only one joke, but <laughs> it's so well done that it actually sustains itself. I, I, I'm very impressed with it. What's the, he's... Just standing behind Hitler on the well, balcony. What is he doing no, there? He's, he's part of the, he's part of the rally, and he's he, start, he sees uh, the the Mia Farrow character in the audience, and he waves to her. And Hitler, I guess, turning around in real life to address <laughs> something that was going on, makes it look like he's being annoyed by Woody Allen in 1939. Uh, wow. And it's 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 yeah, it's a pretty interesting movie. I mean, there there was that whole uh, battle. No, it's probably not a literal battle. Um, I was when I was a kid. I remember between like you know who's better, Woody Allen or Mel Brooks, and they're always being compared so to different. each other. So different. Yeah, so I, it's very reductive. But they both they were, did stand up. That's the best. Well, they were both. They're both very Jewish in their Jew, Jewish persona. writer producer yeah. performers. Uh, one Actually, man, one when, man when bands. When you boil it all down, what's astonishing is how different they are, considering how many overt similarities there are. Yeah. And also the, 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 the amount of output that uh, Woody Allen has had is, is yes. phenomenal. Oh, it's, for, a, it's absurd. For a guy who started in 1969 with Take the Money and Run, which, which he's learning how to be a director. And, you can, and, and if you compare that to his later movies where he's figured it out, uh, it's a very clumsy movie. It's got funny things in it, but it's, an, it's not cinematic at all. Whereas within, within three or four pictures, he, was, he, he picked up this, this ability to you know, be fluid and to do camera movements and all that kind of stuff. Well, and, well my shout out is to Sleeper, which, uh, was it 70, 73? Is that something right? Like that, yeah. All right. So I was 10. So I was, I was the perfect age. That's when Animal Crackers came out. I feel like. Wasn't yeah. It? Animal yeah. Crackers is 74. Okay. And huge Groucho fan. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I mean, you're, again, you're talking about, you know, Woody Allen sort of finding himself as a director. So that's his, what his third movie. And um, it's very, very visual, yeah. and it's it's so creative with all mm -hmm. of its weird buildings and, and strange vehicles. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize that bananas, animal, bananas, sleeper, and love and death all have the same plot and the same third act. Let's go, let's go kill the president. That's <laughs> uh, true. They're all, they're all the same movie, uh, but sleeper is my favorite of that of that bunch. Excuse me, Mr. Allen? Is that your new movie you're working on? This? No. I'm a clarinet player in 1973. I go into the hospital for a lousy operation. I wake up 200 years later and I'm Flash Gordon. What's the name of the film? The name of the film is Sleeper. Basically, it's an intellectual film. Most of the scenes in it are of a cerebral almost didactic nature, and there's very little overt comedy in the film. It's so and, and all under 90 minutes, which is yeah. like, yeah. which is the secret of, and all the Marx Brothers movies obviously are all fairly brief. All the great comedies are, I think, like, you know, it's a gift. The W.C. Fields movie is like 70 minutes long. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't need to be any longer. It's perfect. Yeah, and then the, the just the the crack timing between him and Diane Keaton. I mean, they're they're so funny together. What do you think of Sleeper? I love it. I love it. I, the, yeah, I was just thinking of that that interesting period when like uh, there was that first run of his movies where he was kind of establishing himself. Where it was it was exciting. It was I think what it was is um, I talked about it on the show before. My my I was with my dad every other weekend. We go to the movies and. Took me a lot of great stuff. He also took me to shit you never should, you know, I saw Nashville five times when, you know, I was 12 or whatever. But I think one of the things I loved about Woody Allen movies is that we both genuinely enjoyed them and for different reasons. 
You know, he played great if you were 10 or 11, and he played great if you were an adult. Mm -hmm. So we both walked out of these movies having had genuinely satisfying, fulfilling experiences, but different ones. You know, so I I, I love, but Sleeper was, of course, my favorite, because it was science fiction, man. It was yes. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, and I'd it, much it, rather watch that than some schmuck wandering around New York have love affairs. I, yeah. Who can relate to that? Yeah, I'm 11. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, we all, we grew up in that, that era of dystopia. You know, with all the uh, with all the, the Zardoz and yeah. uh, Omega Man and, and Planet of the Apes and everything about the future was just horrible. Yeah, you know, and then you had this comedy dropping Woody Allen into the middle of that is great, which sure. is so sweet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just remembered, uh, it must have been like an MGM UA reissue double feature, but I, I saw a love and death in a double feature with Mr. Rico. Mr. Rico? <laughs> What's Mr. Rico? Dean, Dean Martin, Martin, one of his last pictures. Dean Martin, cop picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double feature. Well, I was playing that, what, what they got down in the exchange? They got these two, two cans. That's it. This exactly. one this one here. I gotta say, I mean, that was you know when Larry was on the show, we did nothing but incongruous double features. Yes, but of that, course. that that may have wow, really. Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to remember the closing shot, freeze frame. Is it the white guy's skin comes off and he's black, or the black guy's skin comes off and he's white? Which one is Mr. it? Mr. Rico. Mr. Rico. It's the it's the closing shot. It's the reveal. You're not thinking watermelon man? No. <laughs> Well, no, you, you can't look at. There's nothing to look up, Josh. I'm just looking. What, what is it? You're gonna gonna fuck with me. What is it? You're gonna me. Google. I'm just looking at Mr. Rico. I, I have no idea what the last shot of Mr. It's a, Rico it's a, is. It's a reveal. It's like, oh my god, I don't, he's actually the other one. I haven't seen the picture since whenever. When was it? Seventy three. So no, seventy four. 74, 75? Well, Love and Death is 74. It's not even listed on IMDb. I think you're making it. up. No, I'm M I S C E R. It's not M R dot. Seventy five. Okay, so 75. Mr. Rico. R-I-C-C-O. Yeah. He plays he plays Joe Rico. And what's the plot? Oh my god, I just I just made a connection that in our Dolmite movie we have a character named Rico. R-I-C-C-O. Uh, wow. Is that like a tip of the hat to Dean Martin? Of, apparently. A San Francisco attorney, Dean Martin, is hired to defend a black militant accused of murder. So I would guess that the black militant reveals that he's a white guy. I'm not sure. Okay. You're probably I'm, right. <laughs> Eugene Roach. Oh, Thelmus Rosalala, though. Oh, oh, he was good. The ubiquitous Eugene Roach. Um, you, couldn't yeah. sh- you couldn't shake him. Look at the Cindy Williams. Philip Michael Thomas. Wow. Robert, is it any good? No. It's Mr. Rico. <laughs> if there's one thing the police hate more than a cop killer, it's a cop killer's lawyer. Rico is a lawyer. Did you two kill those cops? Hell no. But I wish I had. Are you going to be my lawyer? A specialist at getting people off the hook. I don't know. I want Frankie Steele. I want him bad. I envy you. You've got such a clear-cut view of the law. It's not complicated with minor details like the Bill of Rights or due process. Yeah, I don't live in a courtroom where everything's always regulated and neat. The case is hereby dismissed. Rico's just won the biggest case of his career. It could be the biggest mistake of his life. Not available in any format, as far as I can tell. Good. Director Paul Bogart. Uh, Yeah, Robert Hoban scream. Wow, Mr. Showing with Love and Death. Showing with Love and Death in a lot lot of theaters. (laughs) They, they, They bought an ad, you know, opening Friday. Well, you have to, you have two pictures, you got to put them together. Yeah. You're right. They're sitting around the exchange collecting dust. Um, okay. Um, I'll go from Mr. Rico to <laughs> to my, my unabashed love for all the kiddie Disney films. Um, oh, yeah. I was I was not one of those kids who went to R-rated movies and snuck in. I was too scared to do that. And so I the, another car chase movie, The Love Bug. I love The Love Bug. I love Snowball Express. I love the, the world's greatest athlete. I I know it makes me sound like the, a loser, but the Boatniks. 
Bonix. <laughs> well, strange I didn't love the Bonix because I love Bobby Morris. Oh, I love Bonix. But Bonix was annoying. Million Dollar Duck. It's not I like Million Dollar Duck. We I did all Bobcat Goldthwait came on and talked about nothing. Yes, but I love action. Bobcats. I love the Barefoot Executive. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. actually a funny movie. That's a funny movie. A These funny are funny movie. movies. Um, and Dean Jones, uh, really, I really liked him as a kid. He was, oh, oh, and then of, of course, uh, Love Bug has got my beloved buddy Hackett. There, mm-hmm. there we go again. And Tony Roberts shows up at some of those too. He does? He's in, he's in, uh, Million Dollar Duck. Okay. He's, he's Dean Jones' neighbor. Okay. Now, now, and what's weird is, is, is with the sequels, they would swap out Ken Berry if Dean Jones didn't want to do it. Right. right. But they look like the same person. Right. They're very similar. It's yes. very. I don't know what Ken Berry thought of that. The phrase. They kind of have the same face, and so and it's confusing because like in the first Herbie sequel, it's Ken Berry, but then somehow Dean Jones said, "All right, fine, I'll come back." So then the third one, now Dean Jones is back again, and no one noticed. Playing yeah. the same character. Yeah, and all the kids are just completely bewildered. Well, it's like the like the Bewitched, you know, the two husbands. Yeah. Thing. I, there's so much you do like a, a team movie, you know, one of those uh, like like a bunch of a bunch of guys stage a heist, and it's it's Ken Ken Berry and <laughs> Dean Jones and the, and and uh, uh, Dick the, the two Dicks Dick York and Dick, Dick, York Sergeant. And Dick Sergeant. like the four of them together. It's unfortunately, and a little late for that. They keep yeah. they keep not being able to tell who the other you one is. You missed your window. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, if you're hearing this and you like it, you can have that idea. Uh, uh, Dean Jones is also spectacular in uh, in the original That John Cat. Uh, Larry and I wrote a, a, a an ill fated remake of That John Cat, uh, oh, which right, which I, I we wrote the same time we wrote Ed Wood, and I swear to God, the script our agent sent out was That John Cat. That was our. The one they wanted everyone to read because it was it was actually a really good <laughs> because script. Because that John Cat at that time was actually more famous than Ed Wood's. I don't know. Yeah. And it, we got fired, and then we got rewritten by a hundred people, and we ended up taking our first names off the movie to spite the studio, so just to indicate to the audience that we were very displeased. Uh, but the one night, the only nice thing that came out of that experience was that I said, "Let's put Dean Jones in the film," and so. And then us, us being the usual smart asses, we named his character Mr. Flint, <laughs> which no one at Disney caught in this family film. So uh, the opening scene is Dean Jones playing Mr. Flint, which is just, that, that makes me smile, though. The film certainly doesn't make me smile. The film, yeah. is, the film is dreadful. <laughs> well, I've never seen it. So I, you don't need, you don't need, well, there's no reason to see it, um, but it, it's nice. But you don't like that, Problem Child, so what do you know? No, no, no. Problem Child is funny. No, okay. I, uh, I, 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 Completely grant you that. It's a really funny movie. It's just very slapdash. Um, but but that, made, that, made, that brought me joy to actually have a, a shared credit with Dean Jones. Sure. Um, okay. Blake Edwards and Peter Sellers. Yep. So uh, sort of Peter Sellers was in trouble in the early 70s and then he needed money and Blake was in trouble. So they, they brought back Clouseau in Return of the Pink Panther and what a fucking funny movie first movie i saw by myself in a movie theater god damn was that a funny film yep and then i and i and i love strikes again the next one after that how do you feel about the ones where he was already dead and they were still making the one it? the one where he's dead then and then now we're in trouble his timing wasn't as good no yeah dead peter sellers isn't as funny as live peter sellers and then you've got oh then you've got rich little revoicing david niven because David Niven had lost his voice at that point. I mean, so one guy's revoiced, the other guy is, is perished. It's just like, it's, it's, this is found a little ghoulish. Ghoulish, yeah. that's a good word. That's a good word to I, use. I, I, I've never seen the, the, the post. They're hard. Yeah. Well, they're tra- hard. Trail, the one we're talking about is Trail. Yeah. Never. Like, cur- curse, at least, they're not pretending he's around. It, it's Ted Wass. But right. Trail. <laughs> the natural to follow in Peter yes, Sellers' footsteps. Ted. I mean, that's. That's what you go. Sellers, Wasp. Yeah, who that, else that, is there? that Strange Love remake didn't work out with Ted Wasp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor Ted Wasp. But again, in terms of broad comedy that I could just laugh my ass off as a kid, I saw Return of the Pink Panther so many times. What a funny film! Yeah. And then that kind, and then I, I take and then jacket? that kind of led my parents to letting me know about this movie called The Party. Mm-hmm. It's a very funny movie. What a funny film, which I saw eight million zillion times on Z Channel. I think the funniest Clouseau movie is uh, Shot in the Dark, though, uh, because it's not a Clouseau. But the, people say that. But why is it? The, well, because why is it the because funniest it followed one? the Pink Panther, which has got 
a Clouseau plot, and then it's got the Robert Wagner plot, and then it's got the David Niven plot. None of those are interesting. The only thing that's interesting is the Clouseau plot. And so it, it, people say, oh, the Pink Panther, it's just, it's hilarious, it's funny. No, it's only funny when Clouseau is on. It's not funny when the rest of them are on. And then they had the cartoon character, the Pink Panther, and they had the sound, the, 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 the music. And so that became, oh, that's the Pink Panther. But, but Shot in the Dark is not a Pink Panther movie. It's a, it's a, it's a straight play. Like it's a straight comedy, but well, it's, it's based a on a play. play. It is a play, and they took the they took shot in the dark, and they they put Clouseau in it. And but does it really work? I think it's much I'm more not, satisfying. I'm, I'm with you. But again, it's when we saw it, probably. But I'm, I'm with you. It's all the all the fancy people say the shot in dark is the best one, but it's got the best. I prefer plot. Return. Return, man. It's got yeah, the best plot. It's got an a plot. It's got the best cast. There's uh, a plot in. Uh... I must, uh, must capture Charles Panther, the Litton. Notorious <laughs> Litton. May I take your jacket? May I take your suitcase? I mean, come on. It's, that movie's just... Is that, is that the one with Follow That, follow that Car? And the car just, yeah, the guy takes off. And he just drives away? Yeah. Come on, it's, admit it. None, every... none of these pictures would have worked without Herbert Lom. He's pretty great. <laughs> he, he's great. He gets annoying in the later ones, though. They start giving him more and more screen time. Yeah. And that, that might have been that, like Peter misbehaving, and so Blake has to shoot that day. So right, Herbert, Herbert's always always available. He's also around. He's running the show. <laughs> he's because what is is the next one where he gets zapped by the thing, and it's just his twitching eyes. Oh, that, that's the, the closing it, shot of 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 Strikes Again. Strikes, strikes Again. Yeah. Yes. Which I did not love the way I loved uh, Return. Okay, it wasn't as special. Yeah. Uh, and then the, and then the party. Uh, which suppose what was how long was the shooting script supposedly for the party like forty seven pages yeah. or something? It was like a treatment. Yeah, which the party is just ninety minutes of visual humor and what a funny film. Um, I, I don't know how politically correct it's Peter Sell is playing an Indian is yeah, well, these days. Uh, uh, frankly, these days the fact that he's playing French is bad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to do that. <laughs> I think that's still allowed. I do. I think that's allowed. Um, I mean, the, 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 where does it stop is what I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, again, I, I just, as an Italian, then, uh, that wow, okay? wow, wow, wow. Right. So, so, you know, see? Yeah. Yeah. And if you need, if you want a Jew, you got to hire a Jew. You can't have a Greek play a Jew. Uh, the, the, the sequence in, in, the, the party, which again, I taped off Z channel and I would just watch like my, my happy five minutes over and over is, is when he needs to pee. And he, he can't get into a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then he finally he finally makes it into the bathroom, and he's this like the pleasure on his face that he can urinate. And then he and then he and then he I don't even know why he he pulls the pay, the the toilet paper roll. Why do you need a toilet paper roll if you're standing in pee? I don't even know what he's doing. Uh, he's but but he to blot. But he but he he's, <laughs> he 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 pulls at the toilet paper roll, and then it it. The whole thing unravels in front of him, and it, it. But Blake Edwards was great at doing just like locked off funny yeah. shit, and it just cuts to a wide shot of Peter Sellers head to toe in the bathroom, and you just watch an entire roll of toilet paper <laughs> unravel <laughs> in real time and gather at his feet, and then he tries to stuff it all into the toilet, and then the toilet <laughs> overflows, and somehow I'm not sure how he ends up. <laughs> falling out the window <laughs> how, how how the toilet oh 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 because he's the toilet is overflowing and the water is going under the door so now he's josh is laughing i got this is great i got josh olsen laughing this half. so now peter is standing on top of the toilet trying to uh, trying to like crunch down the lid and then the, and then the, the the lid on top of the tank breaks <laughs> <laughs> and falls inside the toilet and somehow he takes a backflip out the window and then it cuts to a wide shot and you can just see Peter Sellers double like yeah 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 like going down the the, the slanted roof and ending up in the swimming pool. It's, it's funnier when you say it. Oh, it's so it's so no, good. It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 just perfect the whole, visual. The whole, last, the whole last act is just soap suds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and those five minutes I would just watch over and over on my, on my faded VHS tape. They made me so happy. So yeah, there's Peter Sellers and Blake Edwards and hooray for them. Um, what else? Uh, Give us one more. One more. Oh, wow. How many do you have? Oh, shit. We're, 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 getting, we're almost there. Okay. Uh, um, a tip of the hat to a few French movies that got big releases in this time period that, uh, my parents took, took us all to. My parents were taking us all to see subtitled comedies, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Tallball Man with one oh, black one shoe, black shoe. Uh, yep. and the return of the Tallball Man yep. with one black shoe, and uh, Mad Adventures of Rabbi Jacob. Why? And I don't know you don't one. know that one? No, I know Tall Blonde Man, of course. Because uh, no, it's Rabbi a, Jacob was. Uh, oh, that's a kind of funny a film. Same time period. It's, it's again. It's one of these Louis spy. Dufines. Yeah, and he and he's he's very manic. And yeah. uh, again, these are all sort of mistaken spy commotion. A lot of slapstick kind of movies. Oh, those are the best. Uh, Tall Tall Blonde Man, for those of you who haven't seen it, or the Tom Hanks remake, which was not as good, uh, is a. a, a What's the name? What's the name of the, the the French the French guy who's in every film ever made? Who plays the Who plays the cop? Eva. The guy with the mustache. Uh, we know. Come on, he's in every film ever made. Geez, you think we know him? But you know who I'm talking about. The the serious, the Jean Rochefort. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he he's running some spy operation, and it's basically him and his guys say, I I don't even know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that guy. There, we we need to we need to pretend that there's that there's a there's a spy, there's a mole, there's a something, right. and and because we we know we're, we know we're being watched, and they basically just randomly pick out a guy on an escalator at an airport, and and pretend he's the spy, and then that guy then gets followed for the next ninety minutes, and and this this guy is a clumsy oaf, and everyone everyone running around with binoculars and telescopes is, is convinced he's up to something. And it's really a funny, clever movie. It's great. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing it. Like, yeah, dragged by a parent. Uh, same thing. It's, and 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 because it's going to be respectable because it's French. Yes, and it's it's very slapsticky. Uh, but again, I have no shame. I like I like good slapstick. Problem show. Yeah. Again. Great film. Again, this won't go away. Oh, it's me with the spy uh, man called Flintstone. Any love for man called oh, Flintstone? Please. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Salt Theater. That man in Rio, though. That man in Rio is fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to diverge for a minute. Uh, I, t I talked about sort of uh, I how I, I knew who Linwood Dunn and Willis O'Brien were as a kid because I, I was doing stop motion Super 8 movies, and I was really into sort of trying to figure out how to do special effects. And so I was so in love with the Mad Monster Party. Yeah, which Channel Eleven ran every every Labor Day or every Thanksgiving, and some some school holiday would always run, and I would watch it every year. And uh, that t it's a really magical movie to me. Harvey Kurtzman was uh, yes, and uh, and Jack Davis designed, designed yeah, they, the characters. They, yeah, the characters are beautiful, and and you, and you got dying Boris Karloff playing himself. I'm yeah, I, he wasn't I, actually he was that, that's sixty six, so he was he was around for another several years. Oh I, I, I like the story that, that Rankin Bass like had to fly over to London and record him on his deathbed, like in, in his castle. Well like a tape recorder and he, print the legend. He didn't live in a castle and I don't think he was on his deathbed, but <laughs> he did several <laughs> he, he, pictures uh, after that. He had emphysema. Well he, he did those terrible Mexican pictures. No, no, he did he Come on, he did the Mexican pictures. Yeah, but those were those were at the very very end. I mean, he had already he he did the Curse of the Crimson Altar, and he did uh, <laughs> he, these AIP pictures that you know were actually getting released. He was in some MGM movies. I mean, he was really. He, those are all after Mad Monster Party. Yeah, and, and in fact, even the Grinch I think is after my Mad Monster Party. Oh, it's a good story. <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't a good story, but <laughs> I, I just like imagining Rank Rank. Rankin Bass is beating him up. Do another take. <gasps> Grinch I'm, was the year before. I'm so tired. Grinch is 67. 66. 66. And Mad, Mad Monster, Monster Party, Party is 67. 67. Well, Mad Monster Party is, is monsters, and all kids like monsters and yes. jokes, and it's silly. Yep. Uh, and it's, and it's uh, a, a Phyllis Diller monster. Phyllis Diller? Here's my question. I've been sitting on DVD forever. Does it hold up, or is it better? It holds up. Uh, but what you, what you should watch is the, watch the title mm -hmm. sequence. The theme song, oh, that's what you should run on this show. You should run the Mad Monster we'll Party theme song. It. It's so no catchy. No music this week. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's you a, can put it at the end. Sorry, no, but Mad Monster Party at the end. It's sort of a knock. James Brown at the beginning, Mad Monster Party. It's, yeah. it's kind of a knockoff of, of the Goldfinger, Thunderball kind of sound. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, no, a, it's funny. Ethel the, the only thing wrong it. with that movie is it's too long. No, I do. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's like ninety minutes or something, and it needs to be seventy five. You could you could judiciously edit out a whole bunch of stuff. I, I keep movie. wanting to show it at my annual Halloween marathon. I go, it's just too fucking long. Yeah, maybe you could watch it in pieces. Hmm. Well, Joe, I don't really know what was the history with it actually being a feature. 
Because it was a feature. Uh, no, no, I, I know that, but th those guys didn't really make features. How did they end up making this one as a feature? Well, no, they did Willie McBean and his Magic Machine. That, uh, that, no. that was also a feature. So, I mean, they, they were into features. They mostly did television. Did it get a real release? Yeah, Avco Embassy. Hmm. Okay, good. I saw it on TV. Well, I love it. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll continue with, with the, with the uh, homemade special effects theme. Uh, now I'm, I'm I'm completely like I've fallen off the comedy the comedy thing. Uh, Stay I, on I, team. I, I loved AIP did a bunch of Edgar Rice Burroughs films in the mid '70s with all with Doug McClure. Oh yeah, Land of Time, time Forgot. forgot. The yes. People that Time Forgot. Uh, they did At the Earth's Core, mm -hmm. uh, all directed by Kevin Connor. Um, He's still around. Yeah, he uh, lives lives here. Is Doug McClure still around? No. No, no, ah, that's too bad. Uh, but there's a guy who sells cars just down the street from here named Doug McClure. Different, not, different not, Doug McClure. Not the same guy. Different no. Doug McClure. Uh, do you know these films? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, why why I loved them was the handmade quality of the special effects, and mm -hmm. that these are under budgeted films going for spectacle, and you can they have lots of miniatures. Uh, they have lots of puppetry. Uh, they have a lot of obvious rear screen projection, rear projection. Sorry, and I and I was at that age where I was sort of trying to. I I had the making of King Kong, the three nine thirty three King Kong, and and I was sort of like trying to figure out how those guys had had gotten uh you know Fay Ray into the shot with with King Kong and and she and they were projecting her behind him and then animating the little Kong in front of her. And I was like trying to figure out how I, I could do this in my bedroom. Right. And then I, and I would go see th these AIP movies and you could sort of see how they were doing the same tricks, how they were getting, they had a, uh, the, the gimmick of those movies is it really is. It's a guy in a dinosaur suit and then they're using a uh, rear projection to make him large. And then, and then Carolyn Monroe and Doug McClure run around in front of the screen. And there's a, and there's a few rocks selectively placed to make it look like a cave. And uh, I, I, I found it very inspiring, sort of like, well, if if if, uh, if they can do it, I can do it. So uh, I really enjoyed those movies. So probably no one has given those movies a thought. No, they have their they have their fans. Do they? Yeah, when you go to the, the conventions and stuff, there's always people there who like those movies. Really? Did you Good. actually make any movies? Did you? Did you? I mean, I did stop. I did a lot of stop motion. Uh, I, I could never crack the code on, on the, on the, wait, am I trying to say front projection or rear projection? What am I trying no. to say? Well, rear projection. Yeah. Sometimes the, it's front projection. But for, you, you know, for the Fay Ray effect, what am I trying to do? You're trying to. Is that rear projection? It's rear projection. Yeah. And, and when, uh, when I got to college, there was a, there was a, uh, a guy, uh, trying to get in the film school, he got in the film school yet named Steve Koch and Steve Koch had pulled it off. And he had a super mm. movie. He would show it to us where he had managed to do the projection with one of his high school friends running around with, with a, with a stop motion animated character. And it's like, God damn it. This guy's good. I, 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 I could never master. Did I'm going to go into the business. I don't know where Steve is now, uh, but it, it, in terms of doing it alone in your bedroom, yeah, the way it's, that's the way Melissa Bryan and Ray Harryhausen did it. Yeah, I, I think I they had a help. They had a guy at least like they were pretty with the projector and like the frame by frame and the, how bright does the screen have the to be? I've and, ever seen. They were always by themselves. And I, uh, again, it's the great shame of my life. My my best friend Paul Lazorko was um, brilliant, brilliant guy. He is a brilliant guy, but he he uh, at the time that I was making those movies. That we all did, you know, there are Super 8 cameras that are obsessing over them and they never came out the way you wanted to. He was building beautifully detailed HO scale buildings. And I would talk him into giving them to me so I could destroy them in these movies and set them on fire oh, wow. and do stuff. And, and I, I still have some of these and they're all just, they're terrible. They're out of focus. And he put all this work into this stuff and he was so excited that he'd let me put them in movies. And then they just got so no, There's no excuse for not focusing, Josh. I, it's hard to tell if you're... He you lets you destroy his stuff. Yeah. Because it's going to be in a movie. Hmm. I mean, I, I was always reading Super 8 Filmmaker and Cinemagic, which like were yeah. my two how-tos. In terms of, I mean, I mean, the best effect I ever pulled off, which is any any jackass can do this effect. It's like I am Ed Wood. It, it was two two paper plates, mm -hmm. you know, spray painted silver. Right. And uh, and 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 there and there was a, there was a point with the depth of field where 
where you could you could shoot you know actually it was my mom uh my mom like you know down the street and then a friend like holding the 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 flying saucer on fishing line and there was there was a point with the depth of field where the flying saucer is sharp enough to get to pull it off that it's in the sky above mom but you don't see the wire mm-hmm. and it's a it's a really good effect and it's so easy um i pulled that one off I was very proud so of that. So that's something you kids at home can try. So yes, that's right. And with, now, your, with your iPhones. And that was in that was in my movie, The Thing from Mars Meets the Green Blob. Uh, great yeah. title. Yes. <laughs> uh, where? Oh my God! I, I, not I, as good as Problem Child. No, but I a good title. I, I destroyed downtown Oxnard because I thought the name Oxnard was funny. I never it is. Been, I'd never been there, and so I built little miniatures to destroy in the. By Ox, when I first scene. moved here, Oxnard and Carpinteria. 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 Those are my two favorite names of, of places out here. Because they're funny. They are funny. Yes. Carpentry is what you get if you get sick after eating carpets. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> How are we doing? We're, we're crazy on time here. We're, we're like, whoever that guy was who said your show should be longer after we did Landis is going to be so happy with this one. Yeah, okay. It's really long. All right. Really long. Okay. Wrap Give it us, up. Wrap it up. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, but I, I can't leave out Last of Sheila. Oh, God. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah, I, I forget l- that you guys love that movie. Oh, it's so, so good. Back the last of Sheila. That was what they thought anyway. Until they started playing Sheila's game. Tom thought he could beat the game. Don't touch. Christine played for the prize. Get me a glass of water and a couple of Clinton was the master of the game. I call it the Sheila Green Memorial Gossip Game. Lee played because she had to. You think I'd love to hear the last of Sheila? Tommy, let's just make this movie and put the money in mutual bonds and go home. It's so, Joe. It's good. I like it. It's just good. It's only good. No, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's just clever. always sold to me. I go back to it every few years because it's hyped to me by, by, by you, oh, by Larry so Karaszewski, by Dan Waters. No, I'm the original. Oh, hey, I like it better okay. than the, the Agatha Christie ones. Oh, it's, oh, it's so much more clever. Yeah. And it's, it's, very, fu- and it's, it's very funny. Story. It's funny, yeah. funny, funny, funny. Yeah. And, yeah. it's, okay, and it's, it's, a, also, it's also pretty dark. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whodunit yeah. written by Stephen Sondheim and Tony Perkins. Yeah. And it's Herb Ross at his best. And the cast is just dynamite they I are just believe. bitchy yes. and funny and it's got a, a diane a, cannon a, plays Avengers. Oh, yeah diane cannon is so good oh yes. my god the scene the scene where she where the boat engine almost swallows her up in the water and then she she they, she, she uh gets pulled uh back onto the cruise ship and she's 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 hysterical so she's crying but then she starts laughing because She's had this horrible traumatic experience, and it, it's a remarkable piece of acting where she's just melting down, she but she get, keeps giggling. And she says something like, get me two aspirin and two lesbians. Yes! Good memory. <laughs> get me two aspirins and a lesbian. No, get me two aspirins and a lesbian. Yes. And then, yeah, yeah oh, it's, oh my God, and, and James Coburn is Coburn's so delicious. When he, when he does, if I were king of the world, that speech. It is a very good movie. You oh, it's you great. You like it. I just, I just, it just sort of I mean, Josh, as cold. a screenwriter, can't you appreciate just the craftsmanship of it? Uh, sure. Too fave? <laughs> is it too fave for you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's another one of those ones. I always where, thought you know, that was a very popular movie. I thought It people, is. People love it. Well, no, no, no. It was not a popular movie. I love it. Well, now. It was, no, it was not a hit. Right. It was not a hit. And uh, I had many years of saying to people, well, you know, what, what's your favorite movie? And I say, well, one of them is, and they go, what? What's that? And I think only in the last few years has have people rediscovered it. I don't know. Maybe it got reissued on DVD or Blu-ray or something. Someone did a Trailers from Hell commentary? Actually, I don't think anybody has. Oh, come on. Karaszewski must have. Well, oh, yeah. Larry, well, yeah, because Larry's always stealing my favorite movies and then <laughs> poaching them for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Now uh, we know. Well, you should do some. I should, yeah. but I'm too shy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's too shy. Oh, but he's I, not too shy to come on our show. I know. Just when but, you point a camera at him. But for any of you people out there who just want to see the, the best puzzle movie ever written, come on, name a better one. Sleuth. Sleuth, yeah. Sleuth, Sleuth. is great. Sleuth is great, though. But Sleuth only, is only the first one. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sure. Of course. Sleuth of course. is wonderful. Actually, I love Death Trap. Yeah. Death Trap's all right. Yeah. It's no, no, but I think Last of Sheila is more fun. But Last of Sheila is, is fun and more funny. Characters. Yeah. 
Anyway. I'm I'm wrong. I don't know why you guys are arguing with me. We'll I'm never, clearly we'll never, wrong. We'll never convince you. <laughs> All right, fine. Anyway, thank you for coming. No. Yes. No, wait. Oh, uh, uh, Give us one more. Uh, What's uh, the one you're dying to get to? Oh, uh, Thank him for coming. Okay, no, okay, okay. Real He's going to cry real, if we real, don't let him get to this one. Real, real life, real life, which is just... It, it, you like that better it, than modern romance? Uh, yeah, uh, it's sort of. I don't know. Romance is much better. Real life was so I sort of learned about meta storytelling. Uh, yeah, and sure. uh, and it, it's about a filmmaker destroying the people he's filming. Um, we never actually said discuss the stunt man. We never discussed the stunt the, man. The, the stunt, the stunt man, uh, with again with my beloved Chuck Bale and my beloved Richard Rush, who I, I've actually gotten to have a few dinners with in recent years, and all I do is just genuflect. And stunt man is just so brilliant. Um, and it was, it was another one of Richard Rush's troubled productions. And the only way they could open it initially was four walling the Avco in Westwood. Mm. And I went every night They four walled it, I think for a week. And I saw it the first night and I was like, Oh my God, this is the best movie ever made. And I went the next night and then the next night. And you know, when you're 17 years old, that movie just blows your mind with this whole, what is real and what is fake. How and tall was King Kong? How tall was King Kong? Um, um, okay, I'll go, I'll, I'll go out on a, on a, well, Energizer Bunny. Well, I was going to talk about how Carnival of Souls scared me and I wouldn't watch it, but then we I just would watch it. We just did. All right, fine. I won't bring up Carnival of Souls. I won't say the title. Okay. I'll, I'll, okay. I plugged, I plugged Chuck Bale. I plugged Richard Rush. Okay, fine. I know. He's got this tiny piece right. of paper here. All right. The last, He's got the last one, last coming. one, but it's not a comedy. So we, we got out of order. Shit. I thought you were doing comedies. The last one is Altered States. In the basement of one of the country's leading medical schools, Dr. Edward Jessup, candidate for a Nobel Prize, is conducting the most dangerous experiment in the history of science. And the subject of the experiment is himself. Uh, actually, it, it has funny stuff in it. Um, it's also a silly movie. I read the... I don't know. It's I very silly. I don't think it is. I read it's the a ridiculous. I read the book. I'll go further. It's I, a ridiculous movie, and it's a remake of a picture called Return of the Ape Man with Bela Lugosi. I haven't seen which it. no one, which no one cops to. But oh, it's, 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 it starts out like it's going to be all highfalutin and intellectual, and then it just ends up being this this monkey guy in a monkey suit running around. I <laughs> I was dazzled. Uh, I read the book by Padachevsky and took a, his name off it. Mm-hmm. He didn't take his name off the book. Took his name and off the movie. I think he was silly for taking his name off the movie because I I know the book and I know the movie really well. And for my money, the movie is so loyal to the book. What what Ken Russell did, which pissed off Padachevsky, was he had the actors talk really fast and eat while they talk. And, and, and there's a lot of fascinating. Uh, uh, philosophical and scientific ideas in the book, which are hard to follow in the movie because everyone is either chewing on a burger or talking really quickly. But I, I think it's a wonderful movie and it, it it's his worst picture it, except for Listomania. Oh my God, you're you're crazy. <laughs> oh, Ken Russell's made far worse oh, movies. Ken Russell's made so many terrible films. Oh my God. I, this guy is, I'm glad we can go out on a big battle here. Have you seen his here. Yuri Geller film? That was... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're nuts. Uh, you're going to say The Fall of the Louse of Usher is, is, a, is a better movie? The what? The fall. You should know about the fall of the louse of usher. <laughs> no, I don't. He made a whole bunch of movies toward the end there that really aren't very. All right, but I just just so I, I can go out as a crazy guy. Okay, yeah. I picked a fight with Joe, and it's really hard to pick a fight with Joe Dante. <laughs> and and I got I got so fr- uh, enamored with the book before the movie came out that I started going to sensory deprivation tanks <laughs> in high school, and I and I talked my friends into going to. And uh, get the water in your eyes. It's really bad. Yeah, the, yeah, the salt water. It would, it would hurt your eyes. And I was just like so into. It. I'm gonna go into this tank and turn into a monkey. And this is just the coolest thing of all time. And uh, and you did not. And, 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 and again, like one of the privileges of of growing up in LA is sometimes you'd get you'd get hip to stuff first. And one whatever year it was was it 1980? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one day I just opened the paper. And there was just a silhouette of a man upside down with some bubbles. And it said, sneak preview tonight, Village Theater, 8 o'clock. And I knew it was, it was, my, it was my story. It was my movie. And I called up all my, all my sensory deprivation friends. Who, we all do this together. And I said, Altered <laughs> States is showing, is yeah. showing tonight. How many people could say that? Yeah. And, and it, was, it, was, it was mad. It was Harold. It was the whole, it was the gang. And, and we all, and clearly it was, 
everyone in that theater that night, because sometimes in the old days, uh, the uh, sneak preview, the crowd didn't know what they were going to see. This was a crowd of John Lilly, uh, sens- uh, sensory deprivation tank fanatics who all knew that this was the movie that they'd been waiting for. And it was one of those deals in the, the old school sneak preview where you don't know for sure what movie you're seeing until the movie starts. Right. And, and I think it was, was it Warner Brothers, I think? Mm-hmm. And the Warner Brothers comes up and you're not sure. And then the title came up and the Village Theater, which is like one of the great huge theaters in LA, just erupted because we're like, yes, we're getting to see Altered States. And it was just a two hour party. Mm-hmm. And Joe is still, <laughs> still unimpressed. I'm I, sorry. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't love it, but. I love it. Um, well, Scott Alexander. Okay. Oh, what is there another one? No, no. Um, I, you, you need well, to, folks. You need to see this list he's got because it's tiny. It's just a tiny piece of paper with a few lines on it. And I, and I forgot my glasses. I don't even know how I can read it. <laughs> the brings out the monster in you. A strange tune seems to be playing. Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. At that monster party last night. Tell me, baby, tell me, tell me, please, if you made a date with the devil, not me, if you know my fate, honey. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.